Informative. Educational. Objective. Inclusive. Comprehensive. This is Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. Good day and welcome to another edition of Progress Report. I am Ivan Connor. This is my co-host, the lovely Gleneva Hodge. We're here for some updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. And we have with us today the Honorable Minister of Maiku, uh, the very busy Maiku, <laughs> Mr. Hayden Hughes. And we're just going to um, have some conversations about what's been going on in Maiku. Maiku T. Maiku T. And tourism, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got to talk about tourism too, yeah, because gonna... there's a lot of things happening, you know. Um, and if we if we're being honest, you know, it all boils back to our main economic driver, mm-hmm. which is tourism. If we talk the port development, which we're going to touch on today, blowing point. If we touch on the airport master plan, uh, if we touch on the roads, the airport road. I know the taxi mm-hmm. drivers are going to be happy in a few weeks, maybe a few days. A few days. A few days. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So we got a lot to talk about. So where do we start, Renita? Great. Let's 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 start with the big one. Let's start tourism. Mm-hmm. Let's talk where we are, our numbers. What are we seeing? What do we anticipate to see for the rest of this quote unquote season? Do we even have a season anymore? Yeah, we do. So so mm-hmm. what is what does that look like? How is that shaping up for us? Um, first of all, we got to go back to where we started. We started from ground zero. We literally started this administration from ground zero. An economy that was closed, a tourism sector that was followed, um, because as we can recall, back in March of 2020, um, all tourists were in essence asked to leave the island. The hotels were made to close. Right. Um, ferry boat services ceased to exist. Um, charter boats had to pull out of the water, and so the entire economy was mm-hmm. had collapsed. And one of the things that the Honorable Premier Dr. Webster said on coming to office is that we must increase our appetite for risk which right. means that we must find a way to open this economy. So he tasked the Honorable um, Parliamentary Secretary, Mrs. Quincy Gums Marie and I, mm-hmm. with getting the tourism industry jump-started. So one of the things that we did on a weekly basis and sometimes on a daily basis is we communicated via Zoom with the hotel partners, okay. having discussions as to how they can see and where they think that we can be if we decide to move forward in this direction. Then we we had meetings, face to face meetings, um, with the the um, villa operators, the Airbnb operators, the hotel operators. Several of those meetings in the conference room of the Ministry of Finance and to, in, in Health, and mm-hmm. uh, to discuss hospitality and how we can open this industry. So we had a lot of recommendations as well from the sector. Um, Ira Bloom, um, he was one of the first persons to come on board in terms of recommendations as to how we can open the economy. And so we had to do that against the resistance. There was a lot of resistance, especially in health. But eventually health came along and started to evolve to allow us to do what we wanted to do. I I, I don't want to cut you off, but you're saying some things in that I I think we should touch on. Because a lot of times people feel like these decisions happen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. the minister's decision. Mm -hmm. It's Right. sex decision and mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like it's the case like you're right. saying you had meetings upon meetings yeah. stakeholders other persons mm-hmm. within your department and mm-hmm. ministry 
Mm-hmm. Cross, okay. cross, 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 plus mm-hmm. health, health had to be a critical mm-hmm. component to all of the discussions that we had. Okay. So we we um we did walkthroughs. Um, the parliamentary secretary and I, along with um Dr. Andrew in particular, mm-hmm. and there um from the Ministry of Tourism, okay. we went to various properties across the island. Um, whether it was the Four Seasons or the Catchaluca or or the Zemi Beach. And mm-hmm. So we came up with this concept because these hotels were already developing their own particular protocols. Right. So we said, you know what? Each establishment will develop their protocols. They will send their protocols in, mm-hmm. share it with the Ministry of Health. We will tweak them as needed, mm-hmm. and um, then we'll be moving forward. So okay. those are some of the things that were done. Some of the protocols went above and beyond what we would have wanted, right. but we accepted them as is. And some of them that did not meet the requirements, we filled those gaps, whether okay. it was the the, um, the restaurants who wanted to be part of the bubble, because I remember mm-hmm. when we first started, we had this bubble concept. Mm-hmm. So we had a very high-profile um, guest to Anguilla on the initial um, layout, and that was Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. And you can recall all the controversy um, on radio about right. the fact that Jimmy Butler came to Anguilla and he was allowed to do these things. Right. You know, he was a guinea pig of sorts because before Jimmy Butler came to Anguilla, he had expressed the, the desire to come to Anguilla. So okay. we met with the villa operator. We met with properties in paradise. We discussed what he wanted to do while he was on island, and he didn't want to do anything that was untoward. He wanted to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go to a key, right. uh, Sand Island in particular. He wanted to go to his, a yacht and come back and what have you. Right. So we had to discuss the protocols and how you do that, how do you minimize the touch points. And so right. the idea was from the villa, um, he would be transported um, by certified ground transportation to Colesac, We'll get on a tender for, for, for his yacht and go to the yacht, right? right? All of these things were discussed. These things were not done in silos. So when persons saw the movement, they right. assumed that it was illegal movements, but it was not illegal movements. We just couldn't come to the public and give every detail of a tourist movements on right. the island. Right? Especially right. 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 Yeah. So we, 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 all of these things were discussed. We had programs to certify um, the ground transportation, the right. taxi drivers, the chauffeurs, and what have you. Uh, we had a number of programs that was um, done by India um, to get people up to speed as it relates to how you can deal with uh, tourists and visitors coming to our shows without contracting COVID. Yes, they had a and lot of training. We had a lot of training sessions, and we had them on a weekly basis. When we first in, uh, unveiled these training sessions, we were looking at maybe 10, 15 people. First one was 70-something people. Yeah. Right. So everybody was getting on board because, remember, nobody was working at the time. Right. Uh, so there was a lot of people um, from housekeeping and, and uh, bartending, you name it, across Even the, the gamut, yes, across the gamut of the sectors. <laughs> mm-hmm. They came in, they got trained, they got certified, the taxi drivers, they got certified, they got trained and so forth. And we have never had an incident where these people contracted COVID because they knew what to do, okay. right? Now... Uh, against a lot of resistance, because even though the economy was where it was, um, there was still a lot of persons on the radio in particular op- opposed to the, to the protocols that we were unveiling. So the Jimmy Butler experience gave us that data right. on how we can move forward, and we expanded it. So initially, it was just the villas and what have you, and it worked well, and then the hotel time came. And there was so much discussions. I mean, weeks and weeks and weeks of intense discussions, long hours, because it was always back and forth, because the hotels at the end of the day, they're not here to contribute a social program, you know, they're here yeah. to make money. Right. And this is what we got to understand. Yes, they provide jobs and a knock-on impact on the entire economy, but they're here to make money. But the, the protocols that were being suggested 
were too stringent would not have facilitated any travel to Anguilla because what um, was being suggested to us in terms of the technical officers was that persons would come to the hotel and not leave the room until they were ready to check out. So every yeah. service would have been provided at the room. Wow, yeah. We said no. We needed to allow that, that, right. That, so right. we needed to it's not our product. It. Yeah. So we we had to, it was a lot of back and forth, a lot of debate. We had um, Governor Tim Foy, who was a godsend at that time because he thought that the policymakers, which was the elected persons, should make the ultimate decision and not the public servants. And to have the support, um, and they've had experience with governors in the past. And I've never had the experience of having a governor who was supportive of the policymakers, of the elected officials. Mm. In the past, um, Governor Harrison, for example, always went with the civil servants and always opposed the elected representatives. So mm. it was refreshing to me to have that experience, you know, to have a governor who was supportive of the initiatives of the government, whatever they were. Right. He was like, listen, these are the people who are elected. You've got to give them what they want. Okay. And he accepted no excuses whatsoever. So that was great. So we were able to unveil that and then get the hospitality sector going, and, and it started very slowly. So this is 2021. And in meanwhile, we had these regular meetings with the sector every week, every Friday afternoon. We had these meetings like four, five in the afternoon, you know, and then we move it to two in the afternoon. Because on Friday afternoon at five yeah. o'clock, you don't want to be <laughs> bogged down with long discussions. True. So. So these were a lot, a lot of discussions, and I can remember one of those discussions, one of the persons in those discussions went on one of the radio stations, created all kind of controversy, said that we were doing this and we were doing that. You know, and these were the things that was very disheartening. But among, uh, 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 even given all that, we were able to kind of have a tunnel vision in terms of where we wanted to take Anguilla. We wanted to really create economic opportunities. And so the protocols continue to evolve, as you see, and they continue to evolve. The vaccine allowed us to even go further because we are still limited in our capacity in terms of health care. So we had to ensure that the people can be, have a certain level of comfort. And then what we realized, too, is that there was a traveler who wanted to go to a safe destination where people were vaccinated and so forth. And that bode well for us because as of now, um, you cannot visit Anguilla if you're not a fully vaccinated visitor. Right. And here we are today where the record revenue, record revenue um, is happening today, even in a COVID environment with protocols that are still in place that is kind of restrictive and not allowing people who are unvaccinated if you're not an Anguillan to visit Anguilla. Oh, and I wonder, it's record I wonder revenue. if you want to go there. Go, go. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think we, we kind of want to go the same place. And one of the things that's coming to mind as you speak mm -hmm. Do you envision anywhere within the near future or within the future at all mm -hmm. where we will revert to what it was before? Yes. Um, where persons, mm -hmm. because I think we live mm -hmm. in a pre-COVID mm -hmm. mm -hmm. pandemic mm -hmm. and post-COVID world. And mm -hmm. post-COVID world. We haven't been post yet. We <laughs> I, yet. I don't think we are post as <laughs> yeah. yet, mm -hmm. but we are learning how to adapt and how to live yes. with. Mm -hmm. um, do you anticipate that we will at one point get to a place where non-vaccinated persons yes. will be able to visit. Yeah, I, I, I see that is going to happen. I can't say when it's going to happen, mm -hmm. but um, I see that that's going to happen. I myself, as you know, just fresh out of COVID. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had a dose of COVID myself. So, um, and, and that was through travel, you uh -huh. know, outside of Angola. 
And um, so, so it, it is important that you protect the health and well-being of, of the people of Angola by creating economic opportunities. Now, a lot of people ask me about the numbers, the tourism numbers. And I told them I never see people take tourism numbers to the bank. Right? People take cash to the bank. People take money to the bank. People mm. take revenue to the bank. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you have a situation in Angola today where there's record revenue. So as much as people are who don't work in a sector who is on the radio saying, oh, people are not making, people are making money. You know, yeah. I've spoken to a lot of people who work in a sector who are tired. They're, physi- <laughs> they're, they're physically tired, right? Yeah. And, and we are in, 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 in May. We are in May. And if you pass that airport you, near a day that you see that airport don't have a private jet on it, and this is unprecedented. Now, now the, 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 the most revenue and the most accommodation tax we've ever had into remitted to the Treasury of Angola was in January of 2020, before COVID. And it was six point some million, yeah. right? Premier spoke about a number. Yeah. 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 And, and, and this January, eight point some, almost nine million. And every month we've been broken records in terms of revenue um, to the Treasury. But not only that, the hotels have been broken records in revenue. And the service charge is also yeah. record-breaking. Yeah. You know, there are some yeah. persons who work at Aurora who said, well, all um, service charge have me record-breaking. But Aurora went from a Cuisinart with 300-plus employees yeah. to Aurora with 600-plus employees. Yeah, so that, so mm-hmm. and, and not only that, if you look at the Aurora um, inventory... If you look at the inventory, you realize that they don't have the type of super villas like a Four Seasons that have a villa for 25000 a night yeah. when mm-hmm. Aurora don't have that type of super villa as yet, okay. right? So these are the factors that play in, in the bean. But for Japan, their service charge were even higher than Four Seasons. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> right? like, anybody that's been around can attest to the fact that we've had people on island. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can't go to mm-hmm. sand the ground on certain days without the, the charter boats going to the Keys and going to Little Bay. I don't know what you're going to do about Little Bay. <laughs> well, everybody's out there at Little Bay. That's a national park. It is. It's it is. It is. And it's, yeah. it's a conversation that we're going to have. We're going to have that conversation yeah. because it's seeing a lot of traffic now. It's seeing so, a lot of traffic. So yeah. what we do about that environment... Well, that, that, that's, that's because of LeBron's. LeBron cars that, and this is what is important in terms of marketing today. Mm-hmm. Marketing today is different to marketing yesterday. Uh-huh. It's no longer getting in a magazine, mm-hmm. it's no longer getting a newspaper. If people want experiences and people yeah. look at people who have mm-hmm. these experiences and want to want to mimic those experiences. Right. That is why years after the Real Housewives of Atlanta, mm-hmm. you still see people saying they learn about Angola, they came to Angola because of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And this yeah. is so many years later. In 2022, people are coming to Angola and spending money because of a program that they saw back then. That's true. Yeah. social at all. Of, of course. And social, social media and influencers, it, mm. it dictates how yes. for the majority of persons, you know, especially... Mm. Um, I can speak from my generation, from mm-hmm. millennials and, and, mm-hmm. and down. Oh, I you know, what generation I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Many part of my millennials. <laughs> but no, you, you, we, we know the influence that social media has. Yes. You follow travel influencers. Yes. You follow those celebrities, the athletes. Yes. And persons want to emulate yes. that lifestyle. The thing about Angola and Angola's product is, is not everyone can emulate that lifestyle. It's those who have it. Right. <laughs> you know, and because we have, mm-hmm. we have positioned ourselves as a luxury destination. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, I agree with mm-hmm. you. We, even if we're not seeing numbers, mm-hmm. record-breaking numbers, we're seeing record-breaking revenue. figures. Cash. Right. And Cash. so... And, and, and it has created a situation mm-hmm. right now where you really can't find persons to work. I, I went to a Republic Bank the other day 
and I saw some young trainees and I started asking some questions to them to learn that a couple of them are six farmers, still in six farm because they just couldn't find anybody to work. So they recruiting people who are still in six farm. This is a fact, right? Wow. In terms of the construction sector, the construction sector's super heat. And, uh, There's no blocks. <laughs> so and Willem Masonry Products, which was a company that exported blocks, now cannot keep Export. up with the demand in Angola. Have to import blocks to sell locally. And there's, a, there's been right. a, there's been a, mm-hmm. a, like, almost a perfect start right. within the start, yeah. if you might say, because if you if you go back far 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 enough, you can remember when the bank had their promotion, mm-hmm. their common promotion, and they mm-hmm. offered all these loans. Mm-hmm. Then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. But the bank, and I guess that could lend to the importance of what the premier spoke about, what keeping some shares uh, mm-hmm. when that time comes, because mm-hmm. we need a we need a financial institution that understood the times. Right, so right. you have this perfect storm. The economy is opening up. People have ha- gotten some loans. We have some things going on. There's a lot of homes being developed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things happening on the island. Then you, you take all the concrete, Mr. Minister, mm-hmm. and you put on the road. <laughs> yeah. You put all this concrete on the road in the valley. And I've been on a project, and I saw a couple of days where they, where the teams have, couldn't, they couldn't, couldn't, get couldn't get concrete. They couldn't get concrete. Because there's so much demand. There's so much no, demand. No, no, no. no yes, there are people building private homes, or there are people building um, Airbnbs. There's right. a lot of Angolans now are going to the Airbnb market. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie Villas, for example, is uh-huh. now going to build a super villa. It's going to be the first super villa in Angola that is ex- outside of I the hotel. Four acres of beautiful land on Shoal Bay, and they're going to do a super villa. You know, in, in, in um, all of the outline stuff has been done, and everything has been approved by the Executive Council in Ang- of Angola. Also, there's a, a, a villa project that's going down, multiple villas down in Long Bay that just started last week. And so and so the, the uh-huh. memorandum of understand was recently signed for Altima expansion and um, we're working through a memorandum um, a development deal for the Cove Castles and also for Saddam Benabe Soil Bay. So in terms of even foreign direct investment, there's a lot that is happening right now. There are already a couple of these projects have started uh-huh. and there are projects that are on the way. So like you said just now with the perfect storm, there's so many things that, but it all emanated from tourism. Mm-hmm. And in one of the very important things, and I was speaking to Noel, um, who is our um, public relations in public relations, and he said, "Hey, listen, one of the first things that he said when he came when we came to office is, what about that Valley Main Road? But we've mm-hmm. heard he's been around Angola for a long time because he was public relations back in the 2000s, right? And came back obviously a few years ago, and he was like, for years we've been we need to get this Valley Main Road because it's it's hindering our tourism development, right? And speaking to the hoteliers as well, they of the same opinion. We don't have people traverse that area because of the look of the valley, which is the capital, the feel of the road, what mm-hmm. have you. So. Um, the very first meeting that I had on, on assuming responsibility for, for um, infrastructure was the Valley Main Road. The very first meeting I can remember, uh, the first day you now having that discussion about uh, the vision, where we want to go in terms of infrastructure development, I can remember some of the, the persons in the room said, impossible. You know, we have heard ministers in the past speak of these things, mm-hmm. it's impossible. I said, well, then we're going to make the impossible possible. Okay. So the first, the first step, the first step, because you can remember back in 2007 or there about, there was a whole concept for the valley development. And speaking to the former Minister of Infrastructure, um, prior to um, would, um, Mr. Richardson and prior to Mr. Gums, uh, Mr. Harrigan, okay. he told me of the challenges in terms of the development of the uh, valley main road. He said, don't touch it. It's a political f- 
problem. If you do it, you're not gonna get elected again, right? Wow. But 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 he 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 spoke up the challenges and and the consultations that they had back then. But what I learned is that none of the initial preparatory steps to do the Carteret Boulevard of Alameda Road was done. So, so it was just a discussion. So when 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 I I said these this is where we want to go, they said, but we can't because. These are the things that we can do. And I, I recall in 2014 or there about um, former Premier Mr. Victor Banks at the time. He was a member of the opposition party, but he was not elected. Um, when we spoke about the Valley Road, he said the Valley Road would not be done because these are the things that needed to be done. He was right. right. So he was talking about the surveying, the design and the engineering and stuff like that. He spoke about that in this article that he said the Valley Road would not be done. So as you know, in 2015, the farmer, the Angola United Front came to office and the former Minister of Infrastructure, Mr. Curtis Richardson, at the first AGM of the Chamber of Commerce in 2015, he said that the Valley Main Road would be done by September of 2017. But you can speak it into existence, but you have to do the work to make it right. a reality. And so the first step, I said, listen, don't tell me what is impossible. You need to advise me. Um, educate me because I know nothing about infrastructure. I understand tourism a little bit, but I know nothing about infrastructure. So you have to be my advisors. My my, you have to direct me. You have to help me. What needs to be done to get the valley main road done? Say, well, you know, first step is that we got to do the surveying. I said, well, let's do it. There's no money, but I'm the minister of tourism. Nothing is going on in tourism, so let's reallocate. Okay. So we reallocated. So that's what happened. We reallocated money in in December. 5th of 2020, I announced that the surveying of right. the Valley Main Road will be done, and Mr. Cleveland Richards of Richards Architecture have won the contract, right. and they commenced the surveying of that road without knowing where the money will come from. But in the meantime, I was on the computer to Tim, Tim Foy and to everybody else about the Valley Main Road. As a matter of fact, I took Tim Foy on the road on a rainy day <laughs> and I stood, I, we, we stood outside of the Anglican Church Pro Cathedral uh-huh. and watched the water coming down. And I said, do you think London should look like this? You, got, said, a, you got a way of... <laughs> <laughs> I said, do you think London should look like this? And he said to me, he said, we're going to get it done. Wow. We're going to get it done. So, let me put a pencil right here. Because one of the things I've heard about the Valley Main Road, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to clear this up now. Mm-hmm. I've heard that the Valley Main Road could have waited. The money that we got from the UK mm-hmm. could have gone into stimulus for the people of Anguilla. Mm-hmm. The va- mm-hmm. But, like, and I was told recently by somebody that we ain't profit nothing from the Valley Main Road. If I am not mistaken... The engineering was done by Anguillians. Surveying was done by Anguillians, too. The surveying was done by Anguillians. The concrete, the concrete was done by Anguillians. The contractors were Anguillians. The contractors were The heavy equipment. How much, how much money was the Valley Main Road off here? Give me a wrong figure. Uh, let's say $8 million. EC dollars, and eight all, million all of EC that dollars. money was injected in Anguillians' economy. Every dollar of it. You heard that? I'm, I'm listening. Every dollar was injected <laughs> in the economy. Eight million EC dollars was, was injected, injected right, in, right directly. So into how, the how can we say that we didn't? Probably. No, no, no. But let us go back a little. Let let us go back a little. So, one of the other things that were brought was brought to my desk within the first week of coming to office is the fact that the airport was on the verge of being downgraded because the airstrip had become slick, mm. right? And it was a, a concern. So I say, but. See, this has been a concern for two years. So from 2018, this had been a concern, right? 
So he said, but how much will it cost? Mm. Well, we estimate it's going to cost $3 million. So he said, well, we don't have the money, but the British government is responsible for the eardrome. So I'm going to write about this. Okay. So I wrote to Mr. Foy, wrote to him, and he came back to me and said, listen, we don't know for sure it's going to be eight, um, $3 million. Let us have a professional to look at it and see how much it's going to cost. So when he looked at it, um, when they brought in, I think, a company called Stanka, Stanza, out of Canada, to do the valuation, to look at it, to see how much it will cost, it came out to around $4 million EC dollars. So good thing um, Foy um, mm. said that because it would, have been, it would have been a tragedy if he had underfunded <laughs> it. Right? <laughs> so he now had to go and find source funds for this upgrade. And the one thing with him is that if he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Okay. Uh, this governor too. Right, um, Delina, Daniel Salvaret. Um, if she says she's gonna do it, right. she's gonna do it. So, I have had a different experience this yeah. time around as the last time around with governors, right? Uh-huh. So, um, he said he's gonna find it, and so he was able to find the funding from underspending different areas and bring the funding in. Uh-huh. But then he said something, he said, Listen, it's gonna be a little bit too much, find a quick win. So, I we had a discussion with the guys, and the guys said, You know what. Ronnie Fleming, you know Ronnie Fleming, uh, yes. policeman. Mm-hmm. He had come to me about this bypass, this Churchill bypass. But he said I, I heard a farmer minister speaking about the bypass too. He said, yeah, but I spoke to uh, the minister before him back in two thousand and one, uh-huh. two thousand and one, about doing this bypass. So I was like, wow, the traffic back up all the way up to the runabout yeah. um, by, <laughs> by the airport yeah. in the afternoons and on on. It was good kind of walk. <laughs> so, yeah, right. so so I said, okay, let's let's see. So we went to the, went to them. I said, listen, let, let's do the bypass, and they were like, well, um, we'll have to contract surveying mm-hmm. and design and so forth to finish it because initial work was done, but it was never finished. Right. So let's get on it, and we were able to get on it, and um, and the bypass is there, and the right? airport is there, and the, the, the strip was the resurface, increase the PCN by increasing the PCN. American Airlines now could come in. Perfect sound. Perfect sound. Yeah, and without that increased PCN, American Airlines could never come into Angola. Okay. And at that point, I'm going to segue in. So we now have American Airlines coming yes. in. Daily. Uh, daily. Full. And uh, <laughs> this much I, I know because, you know, you, you hear from, you know, persons in the community, the taxi men, America never comes in less than full mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis. Which create, a, which create a, sh- a tax shortage in some instances. So, the last day I couldn't go home, and we can either touch this today or we can bring you back and discuss um, taxi licenses, you know, how, how we're dealing with we those taxes. We can talk taxes. about all that stuff. <laughs> we, got, we, I I, we, got, we got five more minutes, ten uh, more minutes. Okay, I don't know okay. And, and also, 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 the blowing point for Ferry Terminal, the blowing point for Ferry Terminal was something was very interesting, uh-huh. right? And I remember... Um, now the project manager, Mr. Claudius, comes. He coming to me. He went and came to office and said, listen, we got to get that blueprint for return. It's lost. And, and these are the issues and what have you. I said, okay, let me go and speak to the governor. Mm-hmm. So I went down and I had a conversation with the governor. He gave me some advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed that advice as to the channels in which we can get this blueprint for return blood kick-started. Uh-huh. Followed that advice. And now, um, because of his advice, um, we that uh, we now have the blueprint for terminal. Um, being finished. Okay, we got <laughs> being finished, but we got a major problem. We Started got this nice. Finished. We got this nice runway. I think this is where you're going. Mm-hmm. We got this nice runway. Mm-hmm. We got this big plane coming, and our terminal is not up to par. Mm-hmm. 
So, Glenema, where do we go from here? I gotta ask you because I gotta ask the minister. <laughs> well, you can ask me and I can ask the minister because th- that is the thing. And it, it was kind of where I was going before we kind of got a little sidetracked mm. about the, the, the tax licenses and such. Um, but we have American. Mm-hmm. What is the outlook for the airport itself, the terminal? What is the outlook for additional airlift? So we, we um, American was an easy win. Um, they were desirous, right, from the very outset. You didn't have to do no twisted of arms. We didn't have to um, sign the minimum revenue guarantees, sign the minimum profit guarantees. We didn't have to secure seats. We didn't have to do anything like that. It was an easy win. Okay. They announced um, in the morning, um, 8 o'clock in the morning. I was on a call. Yeah, so. and then I was on a call. See, everybody was saying, well, hidden way, not saying anything. I said, no, I don't operate like that. <laughs> they announced but not mm-hmm. until we have a final discussion, yeah. I will I see anything. Yeah. And after we met um, um, 6 o'clock in the evening oh, is then yeah. when I announce, right? Um, because I always believe that you, you don't announce things premature because anything can happen. Yeah. And that's why when persons were shocked when I announced just a month before the commencement of the Valley Main Road right. next month and then a day before the commencement of the airport road tomorrow, yeah. right? Um, because... I've, I've seen in the past where persons have made announcements and nothing happened. Maybe not because of their fault, but I like to have everything lined up. So, so are, you, are you prefacing this to say that you're not announcing nothing about the terminal? So I'll say this, right? I'll say this. Um, so when American Airlines announced, there was so much work that needed to be done at the existing terminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Paul second I we did a walkthrough and then we did a walkthrough with the deputy governor because we wanted the deputy governor to be there with us because he's re- ultimately responsible for the public service. Right. That's one. Jabara Harrigan, who's the airport manager and the CEO of the Angola ANC Ports Authority, Mr. Sherman Williams. Right. So we walked through the airport. We saw all of the issues. I mean, the tent, there was a tent, a rickety tent with old chairs that I swear I saw my name notch instead of one of the back of so them. So you were one of those I, I, Yes, deviant children <laughs> from, from 1988, right? Um, and, and it was untenable. I said, listen, we got to fix this whole area. We got to make the airport as aesthetically pleasing as possible. Right. We had the restaurant the way it was. Um, we got to create space for American. Uh-huh. How are we going to cut this out? So there was a lot of work in the background between the names that I just called. Uh-huh. Um, we would have meetings. Um, um, where we had chief immigration officer, Controller of customs, airport manager, deputy governor, myself, we'll have meetings and things. This what you respond for, that what you respond Again, for. Again, nothing happened in our right. silo. Nothing happened in silo. Okay. This is what we need to do. We're going to get it done and so forth. We had a contract. So, we, so got it. we got it. We got the area where the restaurant was. Yeah. We um, moved the restaurant, did all of that. Everybody was saying, oh, we are late. We got it done on time, okay. right? And so you got to give everybody, the contractors, Lawson, Lawson. Last night he was a contractor. He did a tremendous job to do that, to get it done on time. And um, so when they came in, but there's a lot of deficiencies. And another thing, too, there were some obstacles in the Tanglewood area, some poles that limited the capacity of American Airlines. Yeah, those have been removed. And we had to um, deal with that. Uh And American Airlines, we met the parliamentary secretary, um, the... Uh, CEO of the Port Authority and I met with uh, representative from American Airlines here in Anguilla uh, probably six weeks ago and she said to us she had never seen a a destination have moved as quickly as Anguilla never, no destination we're talking about the US 
um, cities. We're talking about Europe. We're talking about other Caribbean islands, Latin America. They had never seen any country that had moved with the swiftness that we have moved in. It takes months and years to fix obstacles. We did it in a matter of weeks. Okay. Right? So, so that, that, that removal uh, increased the capacity by 2,000 pounds. Okay. Right? So that is great for everybody. It's great for us. It's great for American Airlines. They increase their profitability, their the outlook. And not but, only but, that, but, the but, numbers but. of American Airlines bookings is 10% above what other destinations. Okay, yeah. we go back to it again. We increase the capacity, mm-hmm. we got more people coming, mm-hmm. but our terminal still has its deficiencies. Yes, the terminal have severe deficiencies. On, on a normal day, it cannot handle the capacity yeah. right now as it is. So we know for sure. So, but, but before we even get to that point, we had to um, conduct a study. So I, I don't know if you remember, um, during the early part of this administration, you heard these things about Tredco. So Tredco, a Trinidad company, Apparently, they've been around here since 2018, mm-hmm. um, trying to work through a special purpose vehicle that was being con- um, developed through the Angola ANC Post Authority that was deemed unlawful at the time. Yes. They came back to Angola after this administration came to office, and they approached persons who were close to the administration to pitch their proposal and what have you. Trade Court Trinidad Company did not have the financial wherewithal to do any of the things that they were saying they were doing. Of course, you know, you may not have the financial capacity, but you can find the money to do it, right? So that's neither here nor there. But what we wanted to do, we wanted to know where we were going and what we needed to do properly. So we wanted to do a study to determine what was the priorities, what was needed, and so forth, whether you have a return on investment, whether you're going to have um, a bill operate, or whether you're going to own it. These right. are the type of things mm-hmm. that we wanted to know. We wanted an independent committee to do it. So we say we're going to conduct an airport master plan, and we're going to look at somebody independent. So um, the governor has been done. Yeah, has been done. So now it's when not com- do, it's not it's not a hundred percent completed. It should be finished within this month. And, and anything you can share? Uh, yes, yes, I'm going to share. But I, wa- I just want to say that so the airport master plan mm-hmm. was developed, right? And so the airport master plan now gives us a roadmap. Because you're not going to build a house without a plan. You're not going to develop a country without a plan. So we needed to have a plan to help us, to guide us. And so the airport master plan was done. Individuals came on the island. It was a huge team. They did the studies. They worked with ESSE, which is the regulatory body. Mm-hmm. They worked through all the, the agencies and so forth, and they came up with the airport master plan. What are the priorities? Priority number one is a new terminal. Okay. So I can share that. Um, priority number one is a new terminal, a new terminal, and that is something that we hope to commence in 2022, if not latest 2023. That is a priority we of the administration. How much months we have left in 2022? 2022, we have enough months to get it started. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is the plan. So you just, you just, you just resurfaced the airport road. Mm-hmm. And I heard that sidewalks is not on the southern side of the road right. because there's going to be provision for this new terminal. Yes, that's so correct. is it to say that we're closer than needs that we think we are? We got Is it to say that we're closer than we think we are? Yes. We are closer than you think you are. But you so now, given, no, we <laughs> like exclusivity. And they show we're not getting there. Yeah, so we, we're, we're we, closer than we are. As you, as, you, as you can see, the sidewalk is all on the, um, the no, southern side of the... Of uh-huh. the um, and also, you notice that on the other side of the airport, there's the road hasn't been done. So all of that is going to be 
part of the whole development plan. And and okay. so Freedom okay. Park is going to be. I know my father named um, that area Freedom Park, so that's going to be um, the Clayton J. Lloyd International Terminal and Parking Lot. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, I, now, I know we are out of time, and usually I am the one that's the stickler for time, and uh -huh. usually I'm the one giving Ivan the eyes. And, no, I am not one that um, took issue with the tree being removed. Mm. But if we're going to remove the very limited green space that we have in England, mm. as, as a mom, as someone who knows the importance of having green spaces for our kids, mm -hmm. what, where, where are we going to replace it? We're going to put a terminal, so, and that is excellent. Mm. I am not one to say limit mm -hmm. growth, right. limit um, mm. infrastructure. But there must be a balance. There must be a balance. So you have to be able to balance um, not only the economic and the environmental, but also to ensure that you have the type of spaces that you need to have children and so forth and families um, mm -hmm. visit. And that is why the Honorable um, Minister of Economic Development um, Mr. Kyle Hodge and Quincy Gums Marie are in advanced stages of developing a botanical garden in the valley area. Um, it's going to be just west of the agricultural department. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of work has already been done, uh, and they'll be in installed the benches and what have you. And so you're going to have a botanical garden with great green spaces, fruit trees, and so you know they got mango trees in there. Mango but, trees in so there. So yes. Minister Hodge, <laughs> in his um, his episode with us, he held out to us. He held out. He held out. Oh, sorry, sorry, Mister Hodge. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. You know, <laughs> we want all exclusivity <laughs> on progress. Yeah, but it's it's, it. it's it's the advanced advanced stages. So okay. yeah. I walked that area. But, but we didn't nice even talk about the Valley Main Road. We didn't even finish on the Valley Main Road. The Valley Main Road is being used now. Right. Oh yeah. And I, I just wanted to clear up something on the Valley Main Road too, because we remembered when we opened the road, there was this whole thing with the yes. fire truck. In the fire truck. Yeah. One of the things that we must understand is that even before any of these things were done, we had consultations yes. with fire, um, emergency services, and what have you. And before we opened the road, we had trial runs through right. these same areas, and there were no issues. Right. Right. I don't know if it's down to the driver, but there were no issues, uh, right? So all of these things were cleared. And, and I said in a, in a subsequent post on Facebook, maybe because we did not document it by video, people didn't think it was done. And that is why I put up the post with us doing all the trail runs with the father foot container trucks around the runabout over yes. at the airport road yeah. and what have you. Now that airport road, I would love to name it the Shower Proctor Drive. Right, uh -huh. but you know, <laughs> I'm just saying that no, oh, because okay. it doesn't, do, do, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a name right now. Yeah, but true. my mind, I, I had this dream that that road should be named the Shower Proctor Drive. So, you know, I probably will have. But who's to, responsible for that? We are responsible for that. So it most likely, it might be the Shower Proctor Drive. <laughs> but <laughs> well, but when, anyway. when when can we anticipate this road? No matter what it's named, the uh -huh. Shower Proctor Drive or whatever it's named, uh -huh. when can we anticipate to be able to drive on this road? This this weekend. This weekend. This weekend, persons coming in on American Airlines and Air Sunshine and Trade Wind Aviation and Anguilla Air Services and Trans Anguilla uh -huh. and, and, and Silver Airways and all of the other airlines that in the private jets that use um, the Clayton J. Lloyd International will, and especially those people who have used it before and driven on that road before, will be up to a wonderful surprise come so, this weekend. So the, the striping is going to be done, everything is going to be done? The striping done. is going to start this, uh, I believe, tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that's your but whether or not it's going to start, the road will be open this weekend. All right, Minister. I, I wanted to go back just just a, just a little mm -hmm. bit. The Valley Main Road, 
Ivan and I had mm-hmm. extensive conversations um, <laughs> about the usage of this road. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for persons, you know, a lot of times new things can tend to create a little bit of right. confusion for mm-hmm. persons. Um, whether or not we think it is right or wrong, um, new things tend to mm-hmm. create that confusion. And I know I, there, there's this this viral meme mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that went around where right, you're right. saying, you know, um, at this I late think. stage, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at this late stage, right. we shouldn't be teaching people how to use the runabout. Mm-hmm. I had an experience today mm-hmm. myself with someone still not using the road. Let's not talk listen, about that because I, the minister's going to talk about putting that legislation so that we're not on the road I have been on the radio. I have been on that road, right? <clears throat> Standing, you know, putting in plants and what have you. I witnessed several persons cutting in front of the runabout, not using the runabout properly. And I, I, I just think that that's just who we are. You know, it's just I, I take it down to a cultural thing because when we go to St. Martin, there's roundabouts over there. We switch over to the right side and we use the roundabouts properly over Fridigen, there, right? But, but, is so, it, but so is it, is I, it, I just think is I it just, fair because I, I but, know I know persons who go to St. Martin and will never drive. They'll mm-hmm. catch bus because mm-hmm. they will never drive outside of Angola. So, mm-hmm. but there's some persons who really and truly don't know how to use roundabouts. And, that's, and, that's the truth. And, 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 and that's why we had um we had some instructional videos. From out. Sim Life, yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. to help to help Sim Life. Yeah. But I, I just want to quickly, because I didn't get a chance to thank publicly Governor Daniel, De, um, um, Delina Daniel Selvaratnam, because um, even though Mr. Foy was the one, he supported the idea of the road, uh-huh. we still had to find the funding. And she was able to tap into our economic resilience fund in the United Kingdom, because from the very outset, my argument, and I remember telling you this, Ivan, my argument for the Valley Main Road was not an infrastructural argument. Right. It was an economic argument. Yes. Because I, you always I, I, always, I went back to the Valley for Money study, study that was yeah. conducted in 2012, and I extrapolated the part which spoke to the economic resilience of Anguilla to build my argument for this road. Yep. And then even at a late stage, they asked for a business case, yeah. and um, um, Shane is kind of, and the guys were able to knock this out in a couple of days and we were able to build this case. So when persons are saying that we needed to use this money for economic stimulus, yes, it was used for economic stimulus because that $8 million stayed in our, in our economy. That's, that's one. But secondly, we received $100 million in economic stimulus to take us through COVID. Yes. Right? So that was the economic stimulus. And secondly, once money is allocated for a particular project, you it must, you can't use it for mm-hmm. anything else. Right. right? Because at the end of the day, it's not our money. Right. We are... Um, on the, Mosses of persons granting all this money for a specific purpose. So when persons saying, oh, the road shouldn't be done, why road now? Because I've had a lot, because when I um, uh, expressed my desire to do this road, and I was expressing my desire publicly to do this road, everybody, a lot, not everybody, but a lot of people were very critical and said, we in COVID, why are you concentrating on a road now? Why not later? And this has always been the prevailing thing in Anguilla, yes. that whatever you want to do, everybody says it's the wrong time to do it. Yes. Whether it's road infrastructure, whether it's airline right. development, uh-huh. whether it's whatever it is, everyone says it's the wrong time to do it. And there's never a good time to fix your country. No time is a, a bad time to fix your country, right? Okay. And, and so you got to do whatever you have to do once you're elected without excuses, Mm-hmm. To fix this island, you know, and and so we just cannot make excuses. We gotta find ways to make it a reality because that is our sole purpose: is to leave Anguilla better than we met it. Okay, yeah. I, I like that. There's a lot that we got, and there's a lot that we can still do. 
but yep. we are definitely trying to keep this program to an allotted time. It's just a conversation. <laughs> People love that, but I'm happy that we were able to get into some dialogue. Yep. We touched on some things that we know we're going to have to have you come back definitely. and speak about. Definitely. And we still haven't gotten much. I thought we'd get something exclusive. I thought he'd walk with his airport <laughs> master plan. Show us something. I keep that one close to my chest now. So, <laughs> just, just so just so we can understand. So, from this plan, they said, and we're closing, we're closing with this. From this plan, they said, okay, the next step is the terminal. So I guess, and a lot of people don't, might not have an appreciation for this, but then the surveying got to be done, the plans got to be drawn. So, and we got to have our local architects put their stamp on this drawing. Just as we had the Blowing Point Ferry Terminal, um, we had a local architect. Let me tell you something, right? <laughs> Nine, Raul Van Der Poel has done a tremendous job yeah. on the design in Tunterong in two days. Two days, I went up there, we discussed it, we formulated, we went down to Executive Council, the Premier, and everybody right. had the input. Two days. And the contractor, um, Mr. Gums, I forgot his first name. Leroy. Leroy Gums had been doing a tremendous yes, job. Claudius Gums and Esther Niles have been doing a magnificent job, and everybody has been pulling above their rate to make sure that the blood brain ferry terminal is delivered so it's on ahead time. Of schedule? And, and it's when, on schedule. And what sure. is what is that delivery time? Yeah. The, for this upcoming season, before the end of this year, the terminal will be completed. Not they say in November, but let's see before the end of the year, because you may not have a hurricane. You may we have we are not, we're not calling yeah. that. We are but throwing that out. We are not calling for but, that. But, but I, yes. I can tell you this, right? If, if persons think that 2022 was a great year, I'm, I'm, listen, 2023 listen, is going to... Barring, barring yeah. any setback, the outlook, and we'll yeah. probably have the capacity to come and talk a little yeah. more. Yeah. The outlook for 2023... It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. 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 It's, and, it's, it's good. And, and I'm very excited. And everybody in Angola should be excited. And people should just position themselves to benefit from the, 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 the work that is being done by this administration. All right. Mm. On that note... Anything from you? No, I would just like to take the opportunity to thank the Honorable Minister for coming in, having a really, really lively discussion with us. It is always a pleasure. So thank you for being here with us on Progress Report. We look forward to having you back and touching on some of those topics that we couldn't yeah, get into we today. We couldn't get into uh, he just don't want to say it. He doesn't announce things late. Uh, just before. But it's been, it's been good having you on. I uh, will definitely have you back again. This is Progress Report. It's just updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back on Thursday with another show. Yes, we will. Thank you very much. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. All right.